0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Second to None podcast. My name is Blaine Gilmer, and I am here hosting Second to None by myself. This episode as Tavares King is away on some business, unable to join me today. But I am going to be bringing you, as you can see on the 365 Sports YouTube channel, sec week seven reaction monday that's what this episode is all about guys and we are bringing you the news notes and analysis from this past week also ed orgeron is out at lsu well kinda you know he's now turned into a interim head coach uh, as they are searching for their next head coach they've talked him in somehow to uh, staying on for the rest of the year, which is, I guess, admirable by uh, Ed O. But, you know, Ed O's dangerous when he's an interim coach. That's when he does most of his uh, really, really good work and, and, you know, talks people into more oftentimes than not of him getting to get the head job. Uh, so, you know, he'll. I'm sure LSU will have a great rest of the season with that interim moniker there on attached to his name. So, Ed Orgeron, why is he out at LSU? Well, the, the play on the field kind of speaks for itself, even though they did have a upset victory at home over Flo- the Florida Gators, and we will – trust me, we will react to that here in just a minute because there is so much to be said about that game, even more so about Dan Mullen, I think, in my opinion, than there is Ed Orgeron. So, We will see what happens there when it comes to how the Florida Gator fateful feel going forward with Dan Mullen as their head coach, Todd Grantham as their defensive coordinator. We'll get into all of that. But one thing, guys, that you seem to be able to bet on each and every week now in college football, not only the SEC, but college football in general, is you're able to bet on there being some craziness, guys. And speaking of betting, if you want to put some extra action on games, you need to make sure you're doing so with Bet Online, guys. It's back better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online, your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. They have a new, updated website and interface, even more odds, props, and Contest bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football. As I'm recording this, the Braves are on over my shoulder here. If you're watching on 365 Sports YouTube channel, you can bet on baseball, all kinds of things, guys. So head on over to the website, use your mobile device today to sign up, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code BLEAV, that's believed to receive your bonus, from football, basketball, boxing, baseball, right to the Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers Available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sorts. Bet online where the game starts. So, like I said, you can bet on some craziness, and uh, we are going to start here with the craziness that happened in Baton Rouge. You know, guys, when you look at it, you would have thought absolutely that, you know, there was no way that LSU would be able to take care of the Florida Gators with all the injuries that they had. Kayshaun Bouti is out uh, for the the year. Derek Stingley wasn't available in this game. Major Burns was out for their secondary. There was a lot of injuries. Ali Gay uh, on top of already having lost other defensive linemen throughout the year. A lot of holes. There was all the, you know, craziness going on around Ed Orgeron. People were debating what was going to happen in that situation. And yet the Florida Gators who were, I think, a, a, anywhere from 11 to 14 point favorite, depending on where you saw that spread at, I think the bet online had it at 11 and a half at one point, uh, may have crept up into 12. But when you talk about this, you know, when it comes to Florida, they should have been able to control this ball game, but the fact that they're more worried about wearing, you know, all orange uniforms and different things like that in this environment, and and Dan Mullen's not able to have his team focused enough to stop an LSU run uh, running attack that hasn't done anything all year, and then finally they come to you know a point where they rush for three hundred something yards on. On Florida, over 300 yards rushing on Florida. I mean, 321 yards rushing against the Gators, against that Todd Grant from defense, 7.1 yards per carry. Guys, this this is a team that has rushed in the 50, 60 yards total for games most of the year. And you don't just – and they've had offensive line issues as well, and you don't automatically just put that together. That is a culture problem uh, uh, of not being able to handle an early kickoff, not being able to adjust to what other teams are doing, and it is a problem for the Florida Gators. Uh, Dan Mullins obviously is going to stand by, uh, grant them publicly in, in the post-game press conference as he did, but both quarterbacks for Florida gave this game away. He had two picks each. Uh, in this game, neither one of them really looks settled in. Anthony Richardson going on uh, after the game saying, I'm a Florida Gator at the moment, you know, right now type deal. Uh, then having to go back and apologize for it on on uh, social media later and kind of say, you know, I was misunderstood, things like that. It is just not a good culture there in Florida. The Florida Gators are four and six since December 5th of 2020. And since that time, two of their power five wins, their only two power five wins come over Vandy and Tennessee. Vanderbilt is barely a power five team. Uh, Tavares and I have repeatedly said they should be kicked out of the SEC, an embarrassment to the league. And those are the only teams that Florida has been able to take care of business, you know, but uh, Dan Mullen could probably go on and say, uh, you know, where you at coach Day? he could probably answer that question by saying, you know, we we had more total yardage than than LSU and that would probably make him feel better. That's how Dan Mullen kind of reacts to these situations. So Florida has some big issues going forward. I don't think Dan Mullen is long for that job and Ed Orgeron less, uh, you know, guys, the, the whole reason we were starting talking about this was he's out now just too much. It, it's not just purely football guys. Uh, yeah. You know, nine and eight or whatever the record is over the last two years um since they won the national championship uh but who are we kidding in large part that's thanks thanks to joe burrow that's thanks to joe brady that's thanks to uh jefferson and chase and clyde edwards either all those playmakers that they had it's not you know ed orgeron was the captain of the ship at at the time Uh, sure but not a great exes and those guys, and then you add in the sexual harassment scandal, the Title IX deal, uh, Darius Geist, the way he handled that situation, knowing about it and not doing anything about it really, uh, then, you know, threatening to kill people on national uh, live radio. Just too many infractions over and over combined with bad football uh, that he's not able to get away from. They're going to part ways. So that kind of wraps up our our coverage there of, Florida and LSU guys. Another another game that occurred this weekend that I found interesting was uh, Auburn taking care of Arkansas, beating them thirty eight to twenty three in Little Rock over there. And as Bo Nix is playing the best that he's ever played before. Uh, He was impressive to me when he played at Georgia. There's just not enough around him to compete with Georgia right now, but Mike Bobo has been good for Bo Nix. Bo Nix still is using his athleticism. He made those crazy plays against LSU. He made some crazy plays against Georgia, but he's still able to have the freedom and the ingenuity, you know, the creativity to use his legs and play that kind of back a lot, Ball at times, but he's starting to get more and more comfortable with structured throws, both on design, moving of the pocket, and inside the pocket as well. Auburn started to have some more explosivity in their offense. They had a 71 yard touchdown pass to Demetrius Roberts, uh, Demetrius Robertson, and then also uh, Javarius Johnson, 39 yard touchdown. And Bo Nix was able to just trust what he saw, go downfield, you know, set up in rhythm and make a deep strike on those throws. And, uh, you know, that it just takes accuracy and it takes uh, confidence in your, in your receivers and he's starting to build it in some of those guys. So if Auburn has some receivers, you know, start to step up and really make plays for this Mike Bobo offense, this Brian Harson offense, I think Auburn is going to be a tough team to handle later in the year. Now, the, the concerns for Auburn is they gave up 460 yards of total offense to an Arkansas team who uh, struggled mightily against Georgia to get any kind of offense. And I know that you're saying, well, Georgia's, Georgia's defense. I'm just saying there's the gap. There's what that makes you wonder. You know, Texas A&M has been pretty good on on defense this year i mean they've started to to play a lot better obviously that kept them in the game against an alabama allowed them to make the upset um of the tide there in college station but auburn there's just too much space they're allowing guys like like uh, trailing you know burks trailing smith to catch the ball and there's not people two and three hats there waiting on them uh, speaking of Burks, guys, he is unbelievable for Arkansas. I really think he's going to be a, an excellent pro. Um, you know, he's a he's a guy who is just so physically gifted and and uh, you know plays the game the right way. So Burks is is tough to handle. But you know, when you talk about this Arkansas team. Uh, they, they've had that nice start to the season. Great story. Sam Pittman is getting things kind of turned around there. He's starting to get some recruiting. You give him some more time, things are going to continue to get better in uh, Little Rock. But they, for two years now, have just had a murderous schedule, guys. Just an unbelievably tough schedule. And that catches up with you after a while. There's a, they're a beat-up football team from the competitive games that they have had to play. So when you look at it, uh, overall, Auburn needs to improve – uh, team tackling, getting to the ball quicker, rallying to the ball uh, on on the defensive side of the ball. But I really like what Auburn has up uh, offensively, and I think the Iron Bowl is going to be fun this year. I'm not saying Auburn beats Alabama, but you know there there's been worse Auburn teams in my opinion that uh, that have been able to to do some things against Alabama. And this uh, Alabama defense, even though they shut down Mississippi State, yeah, Mississippi State had 300 yards passing. They don't really try to run the ball that much you know we'll, we'll see what ends up happening uh, with that Alabama defense you know Texas A&M Florida certainly gave them uh, their problems throughout the the earlier part of this year so we'll we'll see but uh, that's kind of my take on Auburn and Arkansas uh, Auburn's a team that really has a chance if they put it together defensively They've got enough pieces, and Bo Nix is playing good enough football that Auburn could be uh, dangerous going throughout the rest of this year, in, in my opinion. Um, and, and then Arkansas, you, you know, they just need to keep doing what they're doing. K.J. Jefferson, use his legs, and uh, they'll be fine going throughout the year. It's just playing in the SEC West is hard enough as it is, and then having a crossover game like a Georgia, uh, things like that, it's, it's been really, really tough on Arkansas. Speaking of Georgia, guys. Our, Georgia has beaten both Auburn and Arkansas, and then they followed up with a win over Kentucky. At the time, all three of those teams were ranked. Those are all three, in my opinion, good football teams, and Georgia made them look like not good football teams. I'm, uh, you know, Kentucky held to 51 rushing yards, the lowest amount they had had on the year was 137 coming into that game. Chris Rodriguez was averaging well above 100 yards rushing per game and he had seven rushing yards on the night you know will levis made some great plays i'm telling you will levis is a good quarterback it's going to continue to improve and get better for kentucky during his tenure there but georgia uh, really really played a complete ball game they had 416 total yards Every game, there's people like to rag on Georgia's offense, guys. Every game this year, except for the Arkansas game and the Clemson game, Georgia's had over 400 yards of offense. The Arkansas games because they literally just took the air out of the ball and they were running it at will, at 345 yards offense. The Clemson game, JT Daniels, now that we know he was hurt, had that – had that uh, lat injury, or well, back then it was it was an oblique injury. Then it's it's morphed into a lat injury, and has allowed Stetson Bennett to come in and and not only uh, play but thrive. In my opinion, he had he was fourteen to twenty for two hundred and fifty yards passing in three touchdowns yesterday against Kentucky. He didn't force anything, third down situations, nothing's there. He he throws it out of bounds. He's matured a lot at the quarterback. And um, for people who say Georgia's offense isn't explosive enough. Well, Alabama leads the SEC with 42 plays of over 20 yards or more this year. Georgia is second with with 38 plays of 20 yards or more this year. They had nine explosive plays against Kentucky. Nobody I think they Kentucky had given up like six or seven all year going into going into that contest. So very impressive. Georgia is going to be getting George Pickens back. They're going to be getting Dominic Blaylock back. They're going to be getting Arian Smith back. I saw all three of those guys getting some extra work and you know running around with each other before the game on Saturday. They have a bye week going into Florida. Uh, Florida, of course, it's a rivalry. Anything can happen. But I'm just telling you, if Florida does is not able to stop the run any better than they did at 321 yards, they gave up to LSU. It will be a painful painful game for Florida because Florida's strength is running the football. Georgia's strength is stopping the run. If Florida is unable to stop Georgia's run, conversely, and Georgia's able to dominate time of possession, take long drives, put points on the board, and then Florida struggles to return the favor, it's going to get out of hand for Florida fairly quickly. Now guys, speaking of things getting out of hand fairly quickly, the situation in Knoxville on Saturday evening got way out of hand. The lack I'm not sure which one I'm more shocked with, the lack of awareness of the UT fans knowing not knowing that they not seeming to know that they really had a chance to still win that ball game or subsequently the lack of awareness of Joe Milton on that third down with an no time left virtually and he runs the ball out of bounds i've not seen a situation like that since like reggie ball back in the georgia georgia tech rivalries back in the late 90s early 2000s whatever that that was where reggie ball on fourth down just sells the ball out of bounds throws it away uh, when they had to have it and i don't know what joe milton was thinking it's clear why Hendon Hooker is the starter for this team? He's so consistent. Now Hendon Hooker went off with a with a injury at the end of this game. It's unclear exactly what happened to Hendon Hooker. You hope it's nothing too significant because the young man is playing some absolutely great football right now he is so consistent for josh hypo and really is that that rudder that they needed to get this thing going right he's he's good for anywhere from 220 to 240 yards passing every time he goes out there he added 100 yards with his legs against old miss i will say both defenses surprised me they stepped up and played a little bit more uh aggressively a little bit more um you know, sure and soundly than I expected from these two offenses, quite frankly, Uh, from these two defenses, quite frankly. The 82-point over, I I didn't see it being a a problem. I was like, uh, you know, these guys are both going to get, you know, 40-something points. I thought it would be a just unbelievably high-scoring ball game. But it all gets overshadowed by the Tennessee fan base just acting just like absolute fools throwing stuff onto the field, throwing stuff at the Old Miss sideline, hitting Lane Kiffin with a golf ball. You know, it goes from Lane Kiffin, you know, being the, I guess, pseudo bad guy there in that situation to they totally, to use a wrestling term, turned him babyface there in Knoxville. People started to feel sorry for Lane Kiffin and for the Old Miss Rebels because of what the, you know, The Tennessee fans were doing an embarrassment I mean really really an embarrassment I think the tweet of the day was Justin Rowland who covers Kentucky for rivals said that the SEC if they were really serious about it they should punish them by making them do uh, all 11 o'clock kickoffs 11 o'clock in the morning kickoffs for like the next several years I thought that was a great tweet Uh, unbelievable uh, you know Way to have some humor about the situation, but really, guys, there was nothing funny about that Tennessee situation. Uh, lucky, l- luckily, nobody that we know of got seriously hurt by that. There were cheerleaders, there were fans, there were. Band members, there were players, there were coaches that all got hit with different debris and things like that. Things like full mustard bottles being thrown on the field, golf balls. I mean, you name it. It was all being thrown onto the field. And that's just a dangerous situation anytime that that happens. So, you know, the SEC is going to bring down some repercussions on that. But in terms of Tennessee, you know, they... Only allowed the two, they allowed 279 yards rushing. Well, 195 of those yards came to the legs of Matt Corral. Matt Corral is a bona fide Heisman candidate, guys. 195 yards, uh, rushing, well over 200 passing. He 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 balled out, he played great. But that's encouraging for Tennessee because, like, when you go to this next matchup, they didn't hardly give up any rushing yards to the running backs, it was all at the quarterback position. That extra player that's kind of unaccounted for at times by defenses. And then when you talk about that Bryce Young in Alabama, I'm nowhere in, in the realm of getting ready to put in a prediction for that game or say that Tennessee's going to beat Alabama, especially on the road and stuff like that. But what I will say is Bryce Young is nowhere near as athletic as Matt Corral in terms of being a runner-first type player. He is not going to take off and burn you. I think a 15-yard run this past week was his longest run of the year. He's nowhere near as physical as Matt Corral is when he runs the football either. So I'm going to say that Tennessee's defense has a better matchup against Alabama and their run game and their uh, you know quarterback run situation than they did against Ole Miss. Now, can Tennessee uh, – move the ball, especially if Hendon Hooker is hurt. We'll see what the situation is there. We'll have full previews of that, guys, coming up later this week. So make sure that you subscribe, turn on notifications, and that you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen, second to none. TK will be back with me for our Wednesday episode as we're going to – break down uh, Alabama Tennessee we're gonna break down LSU old miss it's gonna be some fun stuff we really appreciate a lot of recruiting stuff going on we'll touch on some recruiting some potential uh, flips coming up especially University of Georgia guys they are lo- not only are they the number one team in the country this year but they are working on building an unbelievable recruiting class that could end up being the Kirby smarts fourth number one recruiting class in the last five years. So we will see uh, what happens with all that. We'll talk some recruiting. We'll talk some uh, previews. We'll talk the top players of the, of the past week, everything. But, guys, the reaction uh, Monday episode is, is now complete. We've kind of talked about all the highlights here. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. I p- hope that you'll give us a, a review on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast. Hit the like button on here. Like I said, subscribe. And I will catch you next time with my partner, Tavarius King, next time on the Second to None podcast. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance. Jewelry.